On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Setting the Captives Free will encourage you to use the tools of your own personal freedom to help others experience their own personal victory to be all God has called them to be. Welcome to Setting the Captives Free. This is session 11. This concludes um, this part of our foundational series. And I want to take us on a journey in this last one. We've been talking about setting the captives free, and I want us to look at John. This is chapter 4, and this is Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus through this passage of the woman at the well, and I'm just going to walk through this and talk about some things that I think apply to us when we're talking about setting the captives free, being a used to, to help people get free. So Jesus had been ministering, and he had to go through Samaria, and in chapter Chapter 4, verse 6. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, set thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour of the day. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Just a couple of points. I want to walk through this as we, we talk about it. Jesus is Samaria. It weren't really Jews. They were mixed and you know, the Jewish person tried not to even go through Samaria. Samaritans were looked down upon. They weren't really appreciated at all. They didn't weren't fully Jews. They weren't really in, they weren't um, living the way they thought they should live. So Jesus is going through Samaria. He sits down. He's tired. He's worn out. He's been ministering. Uh, his disciples go into town to buy food. He's sitting there by the well. But what he is, and you'll see here in just a moment, Though he is weary and tired, he's always on in the Spirit. How many times are we so weary and tired and we just miss opportunities to pray with people, to share with people, to love on people? I'm tired, I've worked hard, I'm worn out, I'm distressed because of the kids and all this kind of stuff. Jesus was tired. He was sitting there. About the sixth hour of the day, which is probably about noon, woman comes up, he says, give me a drink. And the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it you being a Jew, this is verse 9, ask a drink from a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Well, again, uh, a rabbi or a priest or even a man didn't really talk to women, and certainly not like that out in the, out in the open. And so it's like, wow. So she's just, you know, she's natural. She's just asking. And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. <laughs> Jesus is tired, but he's always on in the spirit. And my point I want to make, if we're going to set the captives free, we have to be aware, consciously aware that God doesn't go away, spirit doesn't go away. He's always on. And he wants us to always be on alert and in tune to the world around us. You may be tired, may be worn out, you may be discouraged, you may be distracted, but the reality is there's a world of hurting people around us all the time. So he goes into the spirit realm. The woman says to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then are you going to get this living water? She's still in the natural. She She's only seeing a well with water and a man talking to her, and... I, I don't even see, you don't even have a bucket. How are you going to get any water out of this well? Are you greater than the father of Jacob who gave us this well? 
and drank from it himself and as well as the sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become a well, will come to him a, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus has never, never deviated from spiritual. Now he's not pushing He's not forcing something on this woman. He is meeting this woman where she is. He is not trying to be super spiritual. He's not going to go, let me lay hands on you, woman. He's not trying to do anything. He's just making sure that the conversation, the, the conversations in the natural, he brings it to the spiritual. Conversations back in the natural, brings it back to the spiritual. So it's like, oh my gosh, what are we, you talking about missing <laughs> she isn't getting one thing that he's saying, but he isn't deviating to come down to her level. He's talking using natural things to communicate spiritual truth. And that's what God is wanting for us. If we're going to set the captives free, we can do this also. We can be used of him just like this to be on in the spirit, to be sensitive to the people around us, and to recognize that even though they're in the natural talking about the natural things, we can talk about the spiritual things. So the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst and come here to draw. I mean, she's going, Hey, I, if I don't have to come here and get water, I'm in. I'm on. Give me this water. Whatever it is, I'll take it. And he said, Well, go call your husband and come. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have, you have well said, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you're with now. Have is not your husband in that you've spoken, um, you've spoken uh, truly. So the point is, is that Jesus has a word of knowledge. I mean, that's what a word of knowledge is. That he had information about her that he didn't previously know. Now God wants to still do that. We talked about that in previous sessions about how the Holy Spirit works in us to give us words of knowledge or words of wisdom or gifts of discern discerning of the spirits. Well, now let me just say a couple of normal, natural things. Number one, for a woman to be alone drawing water at noon, there's probably something that's already amiss. So it's not like he doesn't have some kind of information. He doesn't know. He just said, go call your husband. And when she said, I don't really have a husband, Spirit spoke to him and says, that's right. You've had five husbands. The one you're with now is not your husband. Uh, that changes the game. The game changes from talking in the natural to spiritual to all of a sudden, that word of knowledge brought her into, uh-oh, what's going on here? That opened up a whole nother realm. That's why the gifts of the Spirit are so important to us. Again, they're not for us to, they're not like we're supposed to be um, trying to do something crazy and wild. It's just these are tools of the trade of ministry. So the woman said to her, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now, this is what so, so happens so often. The moment that you start trying to share with somebody and that you're eventually able to get somebody to share and to move into the spirit realm, they'll want to talk religion. They'll want to say, well, I'm a Catholic. Uh, I'm a Baptist. I'm a this. I'm a that. Uh, again, this is what she says. She says, our fathers are worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place that you want to worship. See, it's all about a place. It's all about something. It's not about a person. And Jesus is about a person. Jesus, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, 
The hour is coming, and now when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him will worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now, I love this passage. Again, there's so much to talk about. My point I'm trying to close with in our Sandy Captives Free is the whole issue of it, seeing how Jesus ministered to this woman. He was in the spirit, but he was not abrasive. He was not in her face. He was not pushy. He was just clearly laying out something that, see what would happen. Uh, We're not supposed to be pushy and forceful, but we're supposed to be salty. We're supposed to be able to share. We're supposed to have things in us that that are attractive. Something attracted that woman to Jesus. Obviously, it's amazing love. But the fact is, is that she's in the natural. He's in the spirit. He eventually, through a word of knowledge, pops her up into the spirit. She goes religious on him. He goes back to relationship. Don't get caught up in dialoguing with people because that's what they want to do. Well, the Muslims believe this and Hindus believe this. It's not about whether you worship in Jerusalem or you worship on this mountain. It's about who you worship, and that's Jesus. The Father is looking for worshipers. He's not looking for worship. He's looking for people. He's looking for people that are turned to him, that will worship him in spirit and truth. And so what he did was he moved her from a natural realm. He moved her into a spiritual realm out of religion over into relationship. Amazing. It's a beautiful picture. Now, let me just continue to to read this. At this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, who do you seek, or are you talking with her? Again, remember, Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans, and men didn't have anything to do with a woman, and certainly not in the middle of the day. And so the woman left her water pot. I mean, she left whatever she was doing. I mean, she left it all. She came to get water. Water is a necessity of life. She went her way in the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? <laughs> now, it doesn't say that he told her everything she did. He just gave one word. Hey, the man you're with now is not your husband. You've had five husbands and, and this one's not your husband. So it's not like he told her all kinds of things. He didn't condemn her and she didn't feel condemned. There was no place. All she could feel was his love. There was no place that she ever felt like, oh my gosh, I'm shamed. You shame me because you knew this. No, he, he, that's not it at all. He's moving her into relationship. So the men of the city went out and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples said, Rabbi, eat. For he said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. And therefore the disciples said to one another, has someone brought him something to eat? So remember, they went to town to get something to eat. I mean, they're talking in the natural. Jesus is still talking in the spirit. Even his disciples are all talking about natural things, about food and eating, and why is he talking to this woman? And then they said, if somebody brought him something to eat, he said, my food's do the will of him who sent me. Wow. 
So he's still in the spirit. Verse 35, do you not say there's still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look, the fields are ripe, already ripe for white for harvest. Now, I can't prove this. There's nothing that I can say that I can prove anything, but he's, in, he's standing there. It's an agrarian economy. More than likely, I'm just, I believe this, he's looking at a field that's four months under harvest. Uh, they would have been very clearly understanding that the oats, wheat, barley, whatever they were growing at that time, before it grows so high, before it starts putting out the head and filling the head with grain, they, they pretty well know it's about four months in harvest. I believe Jesus is saying, okay, guys, you're living in the natural. Let me just tell you something. <clears throat> Do you not say that these fields are four months in the harvest? I'm sure they're going, well, of course. I mean, it's pretty obvious. What does he say, though? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. See, he's talking spiritually. When his disciples, I bet they're looking at the field and going, man, he's not a farmer. He does not know what fields, they're not quite into harvest. They're still four months into harvest. See, he's talking spirit. They're talking natural. How many times do we live in the natural and not understand the things of the spirit? He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, and both he and who sows and who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows, another one reaps. I sent you to reap for which you've not labored. Others have labored and have entered into their labors. And um, the million Samaritans of the city believed in him because the word of the woman who testified, he told me all things that I ever did. Isn't that amazing? Amazing story. The whole point of this is to look and to see how Jesus lived. Jesus modeled for us how to live and walk in the Spirit. Both his disciples and the Samaritan woman were not. And so what he was trying to do was to get them into the Spirit. He moved the woman through a word of knowledge. And so what he was trying to do with his disciples, trying to get them to say, guys, you got to realize these fields are ripening to harvest right now. Just because it looks in the natural that it's not, doesn't mean that it's not. And so we have family members and loved ones, and we say, well, they're lost. They don't know Jesus. Okay, they may not know Jesus now, but they could. So be careful what we pronounce upon people. Well, there's no revival going on. There's no harvest going on. What Jesus said, the fields are ripe to harvest. If you look with spiritual eyes, you're going to begin to see that, wait a minute, there's a world of hurting people out there that God is wanting us to be able to release the love of God and to go literally set the captives free. That's what he wants us to do. This woman knew nothing and by her own testimony, many of the Samaritans in that village came to know the Lord. He spent, he said he spent two days there. How many came into the kingdom of God because of her? How many lives can be changed because we choose to live in the Spirit and not just live according to the natural things? How many times have we been so wearied and tired and we just go, I, I just, you know, I'm going to live in the flesh when Jesus was always, always in the Spirit, always and he wants to, he modeled for us how, how us to live in the spirit is to be continually aware of the spiritual realm 
around us. Now, I want to pray for us, and I pray that as we finish setting the captives free, that you not only would be free, but you would be someone that would set the captives free. Wow, what a tremendous opportunity God has given to us to join him in his ministry. So, Father, we love you and we bless you. We thank you that you have given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, and you've allowed us to participate with you, to join you in your ministry of setting the captives free. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be free so we can help others get free. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to, to do the work you called us to do and to really, well, just, we want to be used. I thank you. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would come upon every one of us that have been going through this series, and Lord, you'd help us to be used to bring forth your kingdom in Jesus' name. Lord, we are so thankful and grateful for what you've done for us. Now, Lord, help us, help us to do the same. Help us to be on in the Spirit. Help us to be used. We want to be used. Ask him right now. Ask him, say, Lord, I want to be used. I want to, I want to be used. I want to see the fields that are ripened to harvest. I want to operate in words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy and release gifts of healing and working of miracles. I want to see lives changed and people set free. Wow, Father, we love you. We are so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you that we could be used. So I ask you, Lord, again, fill us with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us and anoint us so that we can actually do the work that you've called us to do. You anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil because you were with him. Lord, you promised that you would never leave us, that you'd always be with us. So, Lord, we want to do the same thing. Father, we love you. We thank you. We just give you all glory and honor. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.